majesty. Let all the earth rejoice. Let all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light. And darkness tries to hide. And tremble at his voice. Tremble at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. Oh, we'll see how great, how great is our God. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God the Father who sent us Jesus Christ to die for our sins and redeem us to himself. And even now as we walk on this earth in this 
human bodies that we call flesh, he still right now advocates for us and helps us in everyday life. How great is our God. We are so grateful that you're with us here again on this fourth Sunday in March in the year 2021. Here at Roanoke Salem Missionary Baptist Church, we're located just outside the uh, wonderful town of Garysburg, and we're located in beautiful Northampton County, North Carolina. Like to certainly, before um, I talk about the mission statement, remind you that we have a motto here at Roanoke Salem, and our motto is the end of your search for a friendly church, and we do our very best to live up to that motto. Our mission statement is from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Jesus said, Go ye therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Before the opening selection, I want to remind all of us that uh, we thank God. I personally thank the Lord Jesus, and, and you should thank him too for uh, Derek and April and Jasmine uh, who come, and Steve Smith, uh, our lead musician, who also gets up early than all the rest of us and comes with uh, Derek and April and Jasmine here to set up everything to make sure that you can hear this broadcast over our conference call line and you can view it on Facebook Live. And then, of course, also it is later on our platform, rsnbc.com. So uh, just and a podcast. I always forget to talk about the podcast. So I just want to thank the Lord for these dedicated young people. And of course, again, Steve is our lead musician, and along with him uh, is Elijah on the drums and Marvin on the bass. And we are so grateful to the Lord that Ricky uh, Majed is back with us on today. Thank God that Ricky's back on the saxophone, and we're just looking forward to a wonderful time in the Lord. So we'll have an opening selection now, and we'll continue on with service.
got to give the Lord Jesus praise every day, several times a day, because he's always worthy of our praise. And also, let me remind us that this is Palm Sunday. Uh, this is the Sunday that the Bible tells us many, many years ago, Jesus rode into the city of Jerusalem on the back of a small donkey. Uh, people literally laid down because of the dirt that was on the path on the way in. People laid down, either some of them laid down their own pieces of clothing, an outer garment covering, and many got uh, leaves off the palm trees. They got the big palm leaves and laid them down, thus the name Palm Sunday as Jesus rode into Jerusalem. Of course, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. They shouted and they praised the Lord. And, uh, but we also know that after Palm Sunday, there came a Good Friday. And then, of course, Good Friday led to uh, Easter Sunday, that glorious resurrection morning when the Lord Jesus completed his divine mission. So, his divine mission. So I just wanted to uh, acknowledge the fact that this is Palm Sunday. And uh, we know the historical significance of that Sunday in the lives of the Christian church. Also want to uh, be mindful of the fact that we're at the end of Women's History Month. And uh, every Sunday we've had some small bit of history about uh, a woman uh, who either may be someone well-known or not well-known, but a person who made significant contribution uh, not only perhaps to her own race of people or to the nation or to the world. And in this case, again, um, this is someone who has made a uh, contribution to the entire world. Born in Luho, China in 1912, Chen Xiong Wu was recruited to Columbia University as part of the Manhattan Project. And as you know, the Manhattan Project was a secretive mission, not so secretive anymore, where some of the scientists here working for the United States were uh, trying to create the atom bomb. Uh, in 1943, she conducted research on radiation detection and uranium enrichment. In the mid-1950s, Wu was approached by two male scientists, and they wanted to her to help them to disprove the law of conservation of parity. And basically that stated that in nature, two systems mirrored each other. Uh, using the chemical isotope cobalt-60, Wu, the woman involved with this work, showed that the laws of nature were not always symmetrical, disproving the law that had been accepted for more than 30 years. Now, here's the part that that I want you to really pay attention to. Despite her key contributions to this finding, disproving a, uh, a scientific law that had been accepted as true for more than 30 years, only the two men who were involved in this work received the Nobel Peace Prize in 1957 for the discovery. And uh, Chen Xiong Wu was not recognized, and she did not receive the Nobel Peace Prize in 1957 for her uh, key part in this great discovery. So once again, we see how back in the day, uh, the, e the efforts and the work and the brilliance of women were often overlooked. But I thank the Lord that we know her story, and we can now today, even though she's long past, we can celebrate uh, what she did and her contribution to 
the scientific community, which in fact uh, helped the entire world. Want to uh, thank those who were involved in, on yesterday we uh, had some healthy snack bags and those healthy snack bags had different pieces of fruit in them and had some uh, good popcorn, some not so salty popcorn bags of water. But these healthy snack bags were from the Roanoke Valley uh, Healthy Initiative. Uh, that was the group that got these materials, these fruits and these other items together. Uh, some of our women here at Roanoke Salem, including my wife, Julia, and uh, Tosca Towns, they, and, and Miss Yvonne uh, Brooks and some others, they, they got together and they put these bags together and then we distributed them on yesterday as people came up on a first come, first serve basis. And I want to point out that Roanoke Salem Missionary Baptist Church is part of a larger group of, of churches uh, in the Roanoke Valley called Partners in Faith. So through our connection and our membership, if you will, as being part of the Partners in Faith group, then we get these opportunities uh, for such great things as these healthy snapbacks and some other things that have been done in the past and I pray the Lord will continue to be done in the future as we go along. Want to also share by way of announcements that um, we want to lift up the family of Roy Bear. Some of you all know Roy. He is, many of us in the Roanoke Valley, we all certainly know uh, Roy. Roy is the mayor of um, the wonderful town of Garrisburg and has been in that position for many, many years now. Uh, unfortunately, uh, last week, Roy and lost his wife and his adult children and grandchildren lost their mother and grandmother, Miss Sarah. Um, and so this afternoon, uh, there will be a homegoing uh, service, a celebration of life uh, for uh, Miss Sarah B, we called her, at the, um, the Mudcastle uh, Community Center here in Garrisburg, and Reverend Dr. Franklin Williams, the pastor of Roanoke uh, Chapel Missionary Baptist Church, uh, will be the eulogist, and um, all of us perhaps can't get there for the celebration this afternoon, and that's understandable, but please keep uh, Roy and, again, his, uh, his daughter Monica and his son Kevin and, uh, and then, of course, their spouses and their children. Keep them all lifted up in prayer. And over the days and weeks that come, please keep Roy lifted up. Uh, again, and there are so many other families in the Roanoke Valley, and, and certainly uh, we know of, that have lost loved ones. But we, I just wanted to share that because Roy uh, Bell is certainly such an important part, and his wife also was such an important part of our community. I can't think of anything else that I need to share today by way of announcements, uh, but I do want to just simply say again that, oh yes, let me just share this. This is Communion Sunday for Roanoke Salem, so uh, those of you at home, some of you came and got your communion elements out here yesterday, and if you didn't, that's fine, but then others of you will, uh, right where you are at home, you can get a piece of bread, you can use crackers, you can use any kind of fruit juice that you may choose to use uh, if you can do so safely and use that for your communion elements when we get to that part of the service. Also, I want to remind uh, us of to continue to pay our tithes and offerings. And thank you so much. I always have to thank the church family for the wonderful job you continue to do uh, with tithes and offerings even though we're not back in the sanctuary together, please continue 
to give liberally and generously as the Lord would lead you, and you will be blessed if you do so. Now, remember, there are uh, at least three ways that you can pay and share your tithes and offerings. The first way is, of course, that if you live in our immediate area, you can come to the church on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. You can come between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Miss Jean Sykes generally will be the person who will be here, and she will certainly gladly receive your tithes and offerings. You can mail them into the church at P.O. Drawer Z, Garrysburg, North Carolina. P.O. Drawer Z, Garrysburg, Uh, 27831 Roanoke Salem Missionary Baptist Church P.O. Drawer Z and then you can also uh, pay online if you so choose if you go to our church website which is rsmbc.com if you go to that rsmbc.com and then if you when that page opens up across the top you'll see several tabs one of them says giving If you select the giving tab, then you will be directed as how you can give securely, safely and securely online. And last but not least, and I'm kind of out of order, but I do want to just also welcome everybody uh, who is either listening in on our call-in number or call-in line or those who may be watching right now uh, by way of Facebook Live. We are so grateful, we're so grateful and thankful, the church family, Uh, that those of you who are not members of our church family, but you're our brothers and sisters in Christ, and maybe you're unsaved, and the Lord has somehow spurred you, and you were obedient to watch today. Thank you for watching with us, and uh, we're just so grateful that you would take time on Sunday morning to have Sunday worship service with us. Let us now uh, prepare for morning prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, I'm so grateful that you love all humanity so much that you sent Jesus to die for our sins. Lord God, as we look around our nation and our world, there are so many challenges. There are so many uh, places where people have desperate uh, and dire needs. Think about those folks on our southern border trying to come into this this country. Lord, even even when they are trying to come in illegally, we have to recognize the law and that there's a certain point where we have to be cautious and mindful and, 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 and stern and strict on how we allow people to come into the nation. But we should never lose our compassion. So I pray, Lord, that you help us find, you help us Uh, those in our federal government and those who live in those states along the border where people may try to come in, that they find that correct balance between upholding the law but also not losing their their compassion, their compassion for those uh, who may be trying to escape a a terrible situation wherever it is they're coming from. Lord God, I pray Uh, for those who've been affected by all kinds of natural disasters all over the world, in this nation, around the world. Lord God, people uh, need resources to recover. And Lord, not only should we just depend on our federal or our national resources, but thank you, Jesus, for the generosity of just everyday citizens who uh, go into their pockets or 
go into whatever resources or use the skills and talents that they have to go bless somebody, help somebody who's trying to recover from some type of natural disaster. Lord, certainly some have actually lost family members and friends because of these natural disasters, and we pray for their comfort. Not only if it's from a natural disaster, Lord, we pray for the comfort of all those who are mourning the loss of someone that they love dearly. And Lord, we pray that you will in time heal their broken heart, close that wound that's there, and in its place, Lord, give them your joy, because the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength, if we believe that word. Lord God, when we are feeling tired or anxious or worried or not at our very best physically, give us a healing touch. Give us a loving touch. Lift up our downtrodden spirits, Lord. Remind us that there's always hope in you and that you can do anything but fail us if we'll trust you and do our best to be obedient. So, Lord, we thank you on this morning because there's still goodness in the world. There's still love in the world. There's still a joy in the world. There's still happiness in the world. There's still beauty in this world. Even with the COVID virus, there's still all these wonderful things that you have given us. And they're here because the body of Christ is here. Use us, Lord, your servants, to show your love and to share your love with those who need it most in these dark and evil days. Pray for those in leadership at every level of government and just pray the strength of every person under the sound of my voice. Spiritual strength, mental and emotional strength, physical health and strength, and whatever resources, financial or otherwise, that they need. Lord God, you're able to give and we pray that you will. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. We're going to now have a um, the sermonic selection, and then we will have the word for this morning, and then we will transition quickly into our um, communion service. as a child Don't worry, Jesus will always be. 
be right there
I'm dependent on you. All of us should be dependent on the Lord. Father, we thank you now for this opportunity to preach and teach your word. I pray that you will help me, Holy Spirit, preach with clarity and conviction. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I ask you to turn with me today to the Gospel of St. Mark, the Gospel of St. Mark in the New Testament. Chapter 8, we're going to look at verses 22 through 25. St. Mark, chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. I'll be reading from the New International Version of the Bible, and of course, if you're reading from something different, it will read a little bit differently. Amen. This is what it says. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. Verse 23, he took the blind man, Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him outside of the village. When Jesus had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? Verse 24, the man looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around, verse 25. Once more, Jesus put his hand on the blind man's eyes. Then, Je then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Amen. For the topic this morning that I want us to reason together with for just a few minutes, it's called, uh, the topic this morning is, let Jesus work with it. As a believer in Jesus Christ, we know that one of the many benefits that we get as being believers in Jesus is the opportunity to be healed of physical sickness. There are many stories in the Bible about Jesus healing people. and some of these stories, Jesus simply speaks a word and that person is immediately healed. And in other stories, Jesus lays his divine hands on an individual and the person is healed. But this story this morning here in St. Mark uh, chapter 8 is different from the others because Jesus uses a combination of laying on hands and a strange ointment to heal a blind man. Jesus and his 12 apostles, who are also his disciples, but the 12 he handpicked, or we call them his apostles, uh, they had come to this village called Bethsaida. A group of people brought a blind man to Jesus, and, and they begged Jesus to touch him. In other words, Jesus, we know if you touch the man, he'll be healed immediately. They wanted this man to be healed of his blindness. But the people probably already knew that if Jesus didn't do anything but touch the man, even if he didn't speak a word, the man could be healed. They had faith that Jesus could heal this man by his touch and that the man would receive his sight and be made whole. I, I want to just make a quick note there to say to all of us, please know that Jesus always responds to our faith in him. I'm not telling you how he's going to respond and when he's going to respond, but Jesus always responds to our faith in him. In verse 23, Jesus didn't do anything to help the blind man in front of 
the crowd. For whatever his own reasons, he, he took the blind man by his hand, and he and the 12 disciples, and they, they, he led them out of town. Now, now, here's where the story becomes more interesting and a little strange. Mark tells us that Jesus spat directly on the man's eyes, and then he touched the man's eyes. Then Jesus asked the man, what do you see? The man said he saw people, but they looked like trees walking around. I wonder if the blind man and, and Jesus' the apostles were disappointed because in that moment, it seemed as though Jesus had failed because the apostles had seen Jesus many, many, many times simply touch someone once and whatever the ailment, whatever the infirmity was, was immediately healed. But Mark doesn't tell us that the blind man nor the apostles showed any expression of disappointment or concern. Jesus just simply touched the man's eyes again, and immediately the man's vision was clear and sharp. I don't know why Jesus needed to touch the blind man's eyes twice, but, but what I do know is that even after the first touch didn't completely restore his sight, the blind man did not lose his faith in Jesus. In other words, the blind man stood still in faith, and he allowed Jesus to work with his situation. Amen. Amen. Here's the point of today's message. Whenever we are going through any type of trial or trouble, we need to let Jesus work with it. Amen. We just need to let him work with it. If, if, if we have faith in Jesus, we need to let him use whoever he wants to, and we need to let him use whatever he wants to, and we need to be willing to give him time to fix that broken situation in our lives. Jesus can do anything but fail. I know that's right because in uh, St. Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. And we know that Jesus is, in fact, not only the Son of God, he is God at the same time. Jesus that we worship today is the same Jesus who opened that blind, blind man's eyes that we're reading about here in Mark chapter 8. And I know that's the truth because Hebrews 13 and 8 tells us that Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Today, yesterday, and forever. So the same Jesus that healed that blind man is the same Jesus that you and I serve and worship today. I need to be clear now. When we have a physical or mental health problem, we should go to doctors who are trained to heal our bodies and our minds. I'm not saying don't go see a doctor. We should go to doctors. And we thank Jesus for these highly trained and these highly skilled individuals because all the medical information on physical and mental health comes from the Lord. But sometimes, church family, we need more than just conventional medicine has to offer. And we should always thank God for Jesus. In other words, go see your doctor. Go see the, psychologist, the psychiatrist, whoever you need to go see. Let's thank God for her. Let's thank God for him. And let's work with that person to try to 
correct whatever the issue is, but at the same time, we are seeing and working with a doctor or a psychologist or psychiatrist or whomever, whomever it may be, let's also always continue to give God praise for Jesus because ultimately the healing comes through the power of Jesus Christ because the Bible says all good and perfect gifts come from the Lord and certainly healing is a gift. Jesus is a supernatural, miracle-working God. And, and every once in a while, Jesus will remind us that there are some things that only he can do. Man can do a lot. The Lord has allowed us to do a lot. But there are only some things that Jesus can do. And, and let me just share this as a side note. Um, this story here in Mark chapter 8, this is not the only time that Jesus used his spittle to heal somebody. If you were to go back to Mark chapter 7, verses 31 through 35, there's a story there of when Jesus healed a man who was deaf, and the Bible says, and he could also barely talk. He was deaf, and he could also barely talk. Now, in that story, just like here in chapter 8, a crowd of people bring a physically ill man to Jesus, and just as Jesus did with the blind man in chapter 8, he takes this deaf man in chapter 7, and he pulls him away from the crowd. I think there's a lesson that we need to learn, and let me share that lesson right now. Jesus doesn't need a crowd of witnesses to fix our broken situations. Thank you, Lord. We know many times in the Bible he did perform miracles in front of the crowd, but in this story in chapter 8 about the blind man, and in the story in Mark chapter 7 about the deaf man who could hardly talk, a crowd brought both of those men to Jesus, but Jesus took them away from the crowd before he did anything to help them. We live in a social media world, and all of us, many of us, many of us, want to be out there on social media, all these various platforms, and we're always sharing with folks what's going on. In fact, some of us share way too much. We don't even realize how we're harming ourselves by oversharing. And we're looking for validation from other people. Too many people need that kind of, they need somebody else to say, good job, that's right, I agree with you. You need to understand when you have faith in Jesus Christ, he doesn't need a crowd of folks to validate what he, who he is and what he can do. Jesus doesn't need President Joe Biden to say he's done a good job. Jesus doesn't need Bishop T.D. Jakes to say he's done a good job. Jesus doesn't need the Pope in Rome to say he's done a good job. Jesus is the one who gave all them the platforms that they have, and he doesn't need validation from you or me. Amen. Amen. I want to tell you that um, in chapter 7, this, this man who was deaf and could hardly talk, Mark chapter 7, Jesus does three things to heal the man. First, he puts his fingers in the deaf man's ears. And again, you can read it for yourself. Mark chapter 7, verses 31 through 35. Then the second thing he does, he touched the man's tongue with his spit. Jesus spat, and then he touched that man's tongue with his spit. And then third, Jesus looked up and he prayed. And again, now, this was not one of those one-touch miraculous healings. Jesus uses strange process to heal this man. But the man stood there patiently, and he allowed Jesus to work with 
his broken situation until it was fixed. Let me say to you, sometimes Jesus may use a strange process to heal or to fix your broken situation. But just as the blind man did in Mark chapter 8, and just as the deaf man did in Mark chapter 7, we need to be willing to just be still and let Jesus do whatever he needs to do to fix our broken situation, to work with it until it is resolved. A broken situation is another name for trouble and trials and challenges. And when Jesus walked the earth, he said all of us would have these broken situations at one point or another. And I want to quickly remind us that sometimes trouble comes and it's not as a punishment for sin in our life. You don't have to have be, you don't have to be in sin or have committed a sin to have some kind of punishment by way of trouble. And as we come to the end of Women's History Month, I want us to think about just a few women from the Bible who had broken situations or trouble in their lives. Esther had a broken situation, but it was not because of sin. Ruth had a broken situation, but she did not sin. Mary, the mother of Jesus, had a show enough messed up, broken situation in her life, but it was not because of any sin that Mary had committed. Trouble or a broken situation is as common to man as the rain from heaven. And again, Jesus told us there would be days like this, but he also said, fear not because I've overcome the world, meaning that if we put our faith and confidence in him and let him work with it, then Jesus can fix our broken situation. If we give our lives to Jesus Christ and do our best, do our best to trust and obey him, he will fix our broken situation if we let him work with it. Amen. And as we wait on Jesus to work with our broken situations, I want to share at least three things that we should do. Number one, we should be patient as Jesus is working with our broken situation. Be patient. Psalm 41 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. Number two, as we're waiting on Jesus and as he's working with our broken situation, number two, be still. Psalm 46 and 10 says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Not only that, in Exodus chapter 14, verse 14, Moses told the Israelites when they were facing Pharaoh's army coming behind them out in the desert, mountains on both sides and the water, the sea in front of them, and they thought they were going to die. Moses said in Exodus 14 and 14, be still. He said, now, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. The Lord will fight for you and me. We need only to be still and let Jesus work with our broken situations. Jesus is always our example. Oh, I'm sorry, I got one more I need to share with you because I said there were three. The first one was be patient. The second one was be still. And number three was be confident. Number three is be confident. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 35 says, Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. Listen to that again. Do not throw away, don't stop being faithful and confident in the Lord, because if you do, it has great reward. 
Jesus is always our example of how we should live this Christian life. We, all human beings, had a terribly broken situation. Because of our sins, there was a spiritual wall, a barrier that had been created between us and God the Father. As long as we were disconnected from God, every living person would die in sin and burn in hell for eternity. God the Father sent Jesus to save all humanity. And Jesus knew that it would not be easy to fix our broken situation. But he loved us so much that he worked with it until he completed his divine mission. When Jesus was out there in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was wrestling between wanting to not go on that cross and go on that cross, he had a broken situation. But the spirit man of Jesus, God, the, God, the, the son, in hit that part of him, it worked with God, God, the man situation, and in the end, he fixed it because he said, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. And he went on to the cross. When Jesus was in Pilate's judgment hall, he was working with our broken situation. When he was falsely accused, he was walking, working with our broken situation. When he went to Herod's judgment hall and he was again falsely accused, he was spat on, he was slapped, the, 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 the Bible says even the beard, uh, the hair of his beard was pulled out of his, his face. They put a crown of thorns on his head and blood came because of the pain from those thorns. When he was taken outside and he was scourged, they beat him uh, with, with leather, uh, uh, like a small leather, um, like a whip almost, and it had rocks and, and, and metal in it. They beat him with that. And his, his skin fell away from his back. You could almost see his ribs because they had beaten him so badly. While all of that was going on, Jesus was working with our broken situation. When they made Jesus, who's now half dead, carry his own cross, 250, maybe 300 pounds, almost all the way up Golgotha's rugged hill, Jesus was still working with our broken situation. Amen. When they nailed him to the cross, using something that looked like this railroad stake in his hands, or some historians say actually in his wrist and in his feet, he was still working with our broken situation. When he, stood, when he was right there and he let them pierce him in his side and out came blood but also water, his blood that washes away from the, our, the stains of our sins, he was still working with our broken situation. When he gave up his life, because nobody killed him, he said, I've got the power to lay it down and bring it, pick it back up again. He was working with our broken situation. When he said, Father, into thy hands, I commit my spirit. When he let them take him off the cross and put him in a borrowed tomb, and he stayed in that borrowed tomb all the rest of what we call Good Friday and Friday night, and then all day Saturday, but early on that Sunday morning, when Jesus got up with all power in his hands on heaven, uh, on the earth, in heaven, on the earth, and under the earth, he had fixed our broken situation. Because when he got up, he had restored us unto the Father. He had reconciled us. Our sins were forgiven. We were washed white as snow. And from that day to this day, 
all, I don't care who you are, where you are, what you've done, if you will call on the name of Jesus, you will be saved from your sins. And Jesus has the power right now to come into your life. And whatever broken situation you may be going through right now, I'm asking you, let Jesus work with it. Allow him to work with it. Let him do whatever he needs to do and take all the time he needs to take until he fixes your broken situation. To God be all the glory. And he'll do it too if you'll trust him. Amen. After hearing the word on this morning, if you are moved by the power of God, the Holy Spirit, that you need to now and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, I ask you to pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Please forgive me for my sins. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you rose from the dead. I ask you to be my personal Lord and Savior. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are now, your soul has been saved. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And you have the assurance of knowing that your eternity will be spent in heaven with the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and all the other saints of God who have gone on before you because you've made the most important decision you could ever make, which is to humble yourself and recognize that Jesus is Lord and let him be the Lord of your life. Also, right now, as I said a few minutes ago, you now have, uh, you now have put yourself in position. You are eligible, if you will, to receive all the promises of God, including him stepping in to your broken situation, working with it, and making it right for you. Whatever he decides to do, it'll always be the best for you. Amen. I ask you now to prepare yourself for Holy Communion. If you will uh, get your communion elements ready, wherever it is that you may be. Get your communion elements ready. And as you're doing that, I will share with you that we observe Holy Communion in obedience to what the Lord Jesus asked us to do. The Bible tells us that there was a, a night where he had what we call the Last Supper. It was the last meal Jesus ever had with his uh, apostles while he was still in a human body because we know when he was resurrected he came back in a body but it was a resurrected and it was a different kind of body the 11 of his apostles were there because Judas Iscariot the one who betrayed him had gotten up soon after the supper and he went out the room so there was Jesus and the 11 apostles left and as he sat there at that table with those 11 Jesus, the Bible tells us, took a piece of bread, he prayed over it, he blessed it, and then he, he uh, broke it and handed it to each of the uh, apostles and said to them to take this bread and eat it because it represents my body, sacrificing his body for all of us. Then the Bible tells us that after the apostles had eaten the bread, that he took a cup that had the fruit of the vine in it 
Jesus did not drink from the cup himself, but again, he prayed over it and blessed it, and he gave it to the apostles and told each of them to take a sip of that fruit of the vine out of the cup because he said that fruit of the vine represented his blood that would be shed for the remission of our sins, the forgiveness of our sins. And he said, do this often in remembrance of me. So in obedience to his word, we, in fact, we celebrate, and I think that's the right word to say, we celebrate Holy Communion here at Roanoke Salem on the fourth Sunday each month in obedience to God's word. I just want to say a quick prayer before we move forward. Father, we thank you now for this opportunity to be obedient to you in our celebration of Holy Communion. Thank you for the sacrifice you made for all humanity. We cannot begin to appreciate what you really, truly went through in terms of the pain and mental anguish, but you were willing to do it because you loved all of us so much. So today, Lord, we honor you by being obedient to what you asked us to do. In your name we pray. Amen. I pray everybody is ready now, and if so, let us take whatever you may have that represents the body of Jesus Christ and let us eat it together. And let us take the fruit of the vine or whatever type of uh, fruit juice you may have, water if it be that, and let us drink it together. And now I'm going to offer a prayer, and then we'll have the benediction, and we will um, have the musicians play us out softly. Father, again, I pray now that with the eating of bread or anything that symbolizes your body, and with the drinking of the fruit of the vine or whatever people drank, that represents your blood. We hope, Lord, and we believe, we don't just hope, we believe that there will be a supernatural transformation that these elements now inside of our body will give us spiritual power and healing. Lord, sickness and disease will be, uh, will be quickly and permanently removed from us in obedience to, in our obedience to your word because those elements that represent your blood and your body you can change supernaturally into just bread and wine or bread and fruit juice into supernatural uh, healing bombs inside of our bodies I truly believe that and I pray that you will for so many who are also willing to agree with you that you can do anything but fail so we thank you and now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest ruling about us henceforth and forevermore. Amen. Let the church say blessed in the Lord this week everywhere you go. Amen.